Good morning, everyone. Uh, seeing as it's Father's Day, um, if you're watching online, Dad, happy Father's Day. And I'm really sorry, I forgot to get you a present. We're going to look this morning at a story from Acts chapter 8. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Pentecost, that God pours his spirit out on everyone who asks. And we're going to meet one of the people who is immediately impacted by Pentecost. So in Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26, we read this. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Philip's uh, one of the first Christians, part of the early church. The Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaka, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they, come, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Today, I want to talk to you about the radical inclusion of the Holy Spirit. You know, our, our world seems more divided than ever. Even just in this last week, we've seen the questions of who's invited and included and welcome to stay in this country and who's not, who's excluded and sent away. And it's rightly been front page news. But it's not just this past week. Over the last few years, we've had moment after moment of realizing the divisions in our society, realizing who has privilege and benefit and who's included and who's pushed out, who's taken advantage of, who's discriminated against. I wonder if you've ever felt or experienced anything like that. Maybe in the workplace, you've been pushed out, you've been left out of the discussion. Maybe in your friends, your kind of friendship group or your family, there's times you've just been left out, maybe even ostracized. Maybe because of your culture, your race, your accent, or your background, you felt excluded. Or maybe because of the feelings inside you, maybe feeling sometimes like a bit of an imposter, 
Feeling like, what can I bring? What can I contribute? Those feelings have maybe left you feeling isolated and alone. I would say a number of times through my life, I've had that feeling of being left out. Sometimes, uh, quite embarrassingly, like when I was 16 and I arrived at my secondary school prom to discover that everyone there had brought a date except me, who was all alone. (laughs) But sometimes, actually, those feelings go a little bit deeper. uh, Towards the end of 2020, when we were about nine months into lockdown, nine months into the pandemic, I was nine months into homeschooling, nine months into working from home, nine months into living and working and doing everything in this one space. I started to find that small things were getting me quite frustrated. Small things were beginning to make me angry. I was not being myself. And my my wife said to me, Ben, uh, what's what's going on? And kindly, my brother-in-law suggested a counsellor who I could go and see. What I began to discover working with this counsellor was that there were layers of feelings going on underneath. Underneath the anger and the frustration was a feeling of being overlooked, being not sure what my value was anymore. As I got further and further into these feelings, I realized that right at the core was the fear of being alone. The good news for me and for you is that God pours out his spirit and his love and his presence on everyone so that you and I never have to be alone, so that we can know we are included and we are welcome into God's loving family. In the book of Acts, we see how the Holy Spirit now fills people of all races, all nationalities, and all all cultures. He fills Jews, he fills Samaritans, he fills a Roman soldier, a European. And in this seminal moment that we just read about, the Holy Spirit fills this Ethiopian man and God shows that the doors are wide open to being included in his family. So how can you and I know and experience that we are included in this story, that we're included into God's love? And how might we also be able to help every person we know and meet know that they are included too? First of all, I think... We can do this by following the Holy Spirit. What we find in this story is that God, by his Holy Spirit, will lead you and I to places we wouldn't necessarily expect and to people we wouldn't necessarily expect. First of all, the the Holy Spirit leads Philip to a place he wasn't expecting. Philip had been in Samaria. He'd been preaching about Jesus. He'd been seeing lots and lots of people coming to faith. This had been fruitful and effective work. And the Holy Spirit says to him, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip is led to the desert. This is not metaphorical. It's literally a desert. (laughs) He must have been thinking, why? There's going to be no one there. How could I do anything important or significant in the desert? But he follows the Holy Spirit. And then the Spirit leads him to a person 
that he wouldn't necessarily expect to meet. You see, Philip is likely a a middle-class Jew. But this Ethiopian man is from about as far away in the world as Philip would have been able to imagine and as culturally far away from him as you could possibly get. This Ethiopian is a royal official, a a treasurer. Um, He's kind of like the the Chancellor of the Exchequer, the Rishi Sunak of Ethiopia. But he's also a eunuch. And at that time, often uh, male government officials who were working close within the royal court were not trusted to work in that capacity unless they'd been castrated. But in Jewish law, eunuchs were outcasts. Uh, You can read in the book of Deuteronomy how eunuchs were not welcome in the assembly of the Lord. They were not welcome to gathered worship. They were not welcome to go into the presence of God. So we find these two people that are as far apart as you could possibly imagine, racially, culturally, and religiously. But this divine encounter between Philip and Ethiopian, you know, it's not the result of a strategic planning meeting of the early church. But it's the result of the Holy Spirit. This meeting was planned in God's heart because God's heart is for people who are different from each other to come together so they might experience the love he has for them. Before I uh, trained to become a, uh, a vicar, I, was, I spent 10 years as a freelance musician I played a lot of classical music, I played a lot of worship music, but when I just left college, I got invited to join a band. I think the best way to describe their music is uh, jazz hip-hop. It was quite edgy music, and it was actually quite edgy people in the band. And the first gig I did was in Leeds, and we drove up to Leeds in a van, and we arrived at a hotel. And the the manager of the band said, "Okay, everyone, um, we're going to meet at 7 p.m. in Ben's hotel room. I thought, that, that's strange. Um, I thought, maybe they just want to come and meet me, give me some encouraging words before the show that night. So at 7 p.m., I get a knock on the door, and all the band members come in. And I quickly realized that they weren't there to offer me words of encouragement, but they were there to offer me and share together some illegal substances. <laughs> and quite quickly, the question came, uh, Ben, do you want to join in? (laughs) And I knew at that moment, um, you know, this band would be quite successful. This could be a lucrative and really great step for my career to be part of this band. But as I politely declined the invitation, I knew that that might not be possible anymore. A couple of weeks later, I, I had one more gig with this band. And in the afternoon before the show, a couple of the the members of the band came up to me and they said, Ben, we noticed that you don't really like get involved with the stuff that we all do together. Why is that? In that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Ben, you might be the only Christian that these guys ever meet in their life. Tell them about me. Have you asked the Holy Spirit where he's leading you? Because it might be to a place you wouldn't normally expect. Have you asked the Holy Spirit who the people are that he's leading you to? Because they might not be the people you'd normally expect. And I wonder what, well, I wonder what would happen if we listened to the Holy Spirit. We followed him to the places and the people he wanted us to go. 
Because we find out that the result of Philip following the leading of the Holy Spirit is not only this Ethiopian man coming to faith, but it's thought that this Ethiopian man went back to Northeast Africa and that divine encounter that he'd had with Philip birthed the church in that area, a church that has not died out, that is still alive to this day. The second way that we can see the radical inclusion of the Holy Spirit is to get involved in community. Philip runs up to the chariot. Uh, He hears the man reading from the prophet Isaiah and he says to him, do you understand what you're reading? Uh, And the Ethiopian man says, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So Philip uh, jumps into the chariot with him and they sit together. This Ethiopian man does not come to faith in a vacuum. The transformation of his life comes through community. But Philip had to do something in order for that to happen. You, you wonder, it says that Philip was running. Why was Philip running? Well, I think because the chariot was moving quite quickly. <laughs> and Philip had to run after this chariot to catch this man up. I don't know about you, but my running is quite undignified. <laughs> Actually, for an adult to run after another adult, it, it, it is, it's highly undignified. Philip had to, to do that in order to follow what the Holy Spirit had said to him. But the Ethiopian man has to do something too. He's a a cabinet official. He is powerful. He's sophisticated. And we know that because he can read. And it was not normal that people could read at that time. But we also know he's wealthy because he has a scroll. Scrolls were not things that people had at those times. It would be very expensive to get this scroll. He's a highly capable person. You know, if that was me and I was reading uh, something that I didn't understand and someone said, can I help you? My first reaction would be to say, no thanks, I'll figure it out myself. <laughs> you know, the Ethiopian man, he doesn't say, I'm powerful, wealthy and sophisticated, I don't need your help, no. He admits that he doesn't understand. He admits his vulnerability. And you know what, that ends up transforming his life. And this story ends with Philip baptising this man in this amazing, wonderful picture of community. You can't get baptised by yourself. You need someone else to do it. You need a community to be baptised. Transformation like this doesn't happen in isolation. That's the wonderful thing that I love about this community is that the transformation of people's lives happens because and through being involved in this community. Just last Sunday, um, we had a member of our hosting team who's Ukrainian and she was translating the service for two Ukrainians who just arrived in this country and had just come to this church and she was translating the service for them so that they could understand the words that were being spoken and hear the message of Jesus. You know, one of the other things I love about this church community is that right now, online, Claire is signing this service for a community of people who use British Sign Language so they can be involved in this community and can hear and know the message of Jesus. One of the questions in this passage is, why 
as the Ethiopian man traveled all this way, he's gone a thousand miles on probably what was quite a dangerous journey. He's probably doing pretty well in his career. Things probably can't get much better, but it seems that that's not everything. He's realized that he wants something more because Jerusalem was the center of the religious world. It seems that he's gone on this journey to seek, to find out more because he knows there's something missing. You know, maybe you're here seeking for something more, looking for something that's missing. And I'd really encourage you to get involved in this community. And one of the best ways to do that is at Focus. Focus really is the heartbeat of our church community. And I think for our community to thrive, for it to be a place where everyone is involved and everyone is included, I think for some of us, we're going to have to be a bit more like Philip. We're going to have to do the undignified thing, run after people, seek them out. But for some of us, we'll have to be a bit more like the Ethiopian man. We'll have to admit our vulnerabilities, admit what we don't know and what we don't understand. You know, when you join a community of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't just get family and friends. You don't just get greater and deeper understanding. But you get a community that will never leave a community that will never go because God's church is the only community. You know, in your workplace, you might get pushed out. In your family, you might get left out of the communication. But in God's family, God's family, God's church is an everlasting community that you can belong to and you will be there forever. The final way that we can experience the radical inclusion of the Holy Spirit is, well, that it's only possible through Jesus. The moment of change and transformation for this Ethiopian man comes when he, he understands these words that he's reading from the book of Isaiah. He was reading a passage which describes a suffering servant, one who'll bring peace and justice, someone who'll bring welcome from people of all nations to God's presence. And he was reading these words from Isaiah 53. It says this, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. You know, I think, why, why was this man, this Ethiopian man, why was he reading these particular words? Well, this man had traveled a thousand miles to Jerusalem to worship. And when he got to Jerusalem, he would have discovered that he wasn't welcome in the temple. Eunuchs were not allowed to go into the temple. They were not allowed to join in the worship. They were not allowed to go into God's presence. You know, I can imagine him on his way home, disappointed, knowing that he's not accepted, maybe even regretting some of the choices he's made throughout his life that have left him so far from God. You know, that's us too. You know, we so often make choices that leave us ending up so far from God. In this same part of Isaiah, I think on this journey, he would, it's in the same um, part of Isaiah in the 50s, 
he would have been reading, I'm sure, Isaiah 56, which says this. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple, within my temple and its walls, a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And I like to think that this eunuch was reading this promise that one day he will be welcome in God's temple, that one day he will become a son of God. He'll be welcomed in to worship, that he has a place and a name. He will be recognised and known by God. And the question that he asks Philip is, tell me, who is this prophet talking about? In other words, who is this person that can make it possible for me not to be an outsider anymore? Who is this person who can bring me onto the inside? Who is this person that can end my isolation, can end my loneliness, can end my exclusion? You know, I think that is the deepest cry of the human heart. Who can help me know deep down that I'm not alone, that I'm not isolated, that I'm not left out? It's only possible through Jesus. Philip began, it says, Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus because Jesus is our substitute, the holy God who takes our place so that we can take his place. The holy God who removes all things that mean we can't be close to him and replaces that with giving us the the name of a son and the name of a daughter. Jesus is the one who was led silently to his death, who suffered the ultimate injustice, the one who was ultimately cast out, excluded, isolated, and alone, so that you and I, so that this Ethiopian man, so that every person in the world can be included into God's family, can know his perfect love, can know his presence, and can know the filling of his Holy Spirit. You know, over the last six weeks, um, a team from here, and some of you have been involved in this, have been running Alpha at a London prison. And I was chatting to Kira Taylor, one of our clergy earlier this week, who's been running uh, that course. If you think about it, prison is the most excluded someone can be in society. And Kira was telling me that on this current course, they have 13 men doing Alpha. They're only about six weeks in, so they've, they've, not, they've not finished yet. But already, six weeks in, nine of those 13 men have become Christians. Nine men who are filled with the Spirit. Nine men, even though they're excluded from society, have been welcomed and included into God's family. You know, wherever you find yourself today, however isolated, however alone, however much you might have been pushed out, however much he might have been excluded, however much even maybe the feelings inside you have made you think, I've got nothing to offer, I'm all alone. Well, God says to you, as he said to the Ethiopian man, you are loved, you are included, you are welcomed into my family, you are my son, you are my daughter, and you can receive my Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen.